0: We just saw the other day that another, another government has fallen in Europe um, since uh, Boris Johnson first swore to overthrow President Putin of Russia and NATO launched into this, into this uh, war mania. Uh, there have been four NATO countries where the governments have fallen, starting with uh, Boris Johnson in the United Kingdom. Then uh, Mario Draghi of Italy, Uh, his government folded. Uh, Now the Estonian government has folded. And uh, while I was over in Berlin recently, I got word that the Bulgarian government had fallen also. Now, I don't mean these were overthrown, but but basically there was a vote of no confidence. And uh, the insane policies that... uh, are being implemented by Europe uh, are simply leading them to disaster, and one by one, the governments are becoming very unstable. There's an interesting article that came out, and uh, uh, this was in Defense One, which is a, a pretty powerful defense publication. And they they the headline asked the question: Will Republicans cut off Ukraine? There are. Many people beginning to think that if the Republicans retake the House and the Senate, as they're expected to do, that uh, they will cut off uh, additional support going to Ukraine in its war against Russia. Uh, this is really a proxy war. It's not. A, it's not so much a war that was instigated by the either the Russians or the or the Ukrainians. It was instigated by the U.S. State Department, and the final decision that there would be a war was made by the U.S. State Department, and uh, and uh, uh, the the attack was by Russia, of course, the attack into Ukraine. But uh, by then we had just we had just forced the Russians back to the wall. We were flooding Ukraine with vast sums of of weapons. We were building up a huge army for them to attack uh, separatist areas of, uh, of Ukraine. And so the decision to go to war was was made in Washington. Um, but in any event, uh, very few people predict that Ukraine can win this war without significantly more firepower, ground forces, and perhaps, perhaps without the direct troop involvement of the United States and NATO uh, going into a potentially nuclear holocaust with Russia. Uh, Interestingly, I think the feeling is that there, there may very well be a struggle within the Republican Party after the November elections. You have you have these their so-called moderate Republican leaders. They're really globalists. They don't have an attachment to to conservatives or liberals or anything. They have an attachment to the to this eternal state of war. They make their money by by profiting in various ways off of war, and. Uh, so you have these, these moderate Republican leaders who are all in for war. They want to fight China, Russia, and Iran, and, and Syria, and Libya, and Afghanistan, and all these other places. And you have those versus a young, new breed of Republican superstars. <clears throat> and these people say, no, let's defend border of the, the southern border of the United States. Let's go against the, the cartels. Uh, maybe we need a war against against Mexico to force the, them to stop the flow of illegal immigrants. Maybe we need to go out and we need to kill uh, these drug cartel leaders. And uh, so there's going to be a struggle. Uh, there's an interesting tweet from from a Democrat, a Republican Ruben Gallego of Arizona. And he said, uh, if, if the Republicans take over, they, they won't be able to stop uh, Mary uh, Taylor Green or Matt Getz, who are two great young uh, Republican uh, representatives in the House. And he says they won't be able to stop them from dictating Ukraine policy. Well, I sure hope so. I hope that's true, because I don't want a nuclear war with Russia, and we're risking that every day that we continue uh, backing this war. I want the war to end so that Ukrainians and Russians will stop being slaughtered on the battlefield. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, interestingly, called the aid to Ukraine, a money money laundering scheme, because we've seen what happens. We, we know we, we've heard about uh, Hunter Biden. We know that the sons of many of these very wealthy politicians are wheeling and dealing and cutting off slices of this this vast 40 billion dollar slush fund that was created uh, by Congress uh, to uh, to stoke the fires of war in Ukraine. And um, in any event, we've got some senators coming on. We got J.D. Vance running for Senate in Ohio. He says, I don't really care what happens in Ukraine one way or the other. Basically, he's saying, that's not a big deal for the United States. What's a big deal is inflation. Um, You have Blake Masters who's running for Senate in Arizona, and he said, Geography is real. Ukraine is crucial to Russian security and not to ours. Now, that is certainly true. Now, one thing, we, it's time that we stop blaming Putin for sanctions on fuel. We're, we're always saying, well, the reason that, that uh, energy is so expensive is be, it's because of President Putin. <clears throat> Russia did not sanction coal or oil or natural gas. Congress sanctioned them. Congress cut off the supply of coal, oil, and natural gas to the United States and Canada. Russia would, they would jump at the opportunity to sell them to us tomorrow. So let's stop trying to say, oh, the blame is for somebody over there. The blame is right here, right at home. Same thing with COVID. You know, we say, well, you know, we couldn't control anything because COVID came down. Yes, we could. COVID did not affect the economy at all. Government's reaction to COVID is what hurt the economy. COVID did not order businesses shut in the United States. Government did. It was liberal, globalist, government's that said, we're gonna shut down the churches, we're gonna shut down the businesses, we're gonna send everybody home and send them pieces of paper to spend. And uh, uh, so, so let's stop blaming Putin and blaming COVID for things that government, the U.S. government, the U.S. Congress, state and local governments have imposed because those are the, those are the sources of the problem.